0: setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Claudia Davison is a speech-language pathologist who has worked in almost every SLP setting. She never thought about private practice until she started thinking about seeing private clients to earn extra money to supplement her retirement. You'll have to listen to the whole episode for details, but spoiler alert, Claudia's private practice took off, and not only was she able to supplement her retirement, but she retired early because she was making exponentially more money than she was in the schools. Her practice is a mix of private pay clients, insurance, and also multi-state school contracts, which she hires contractors to fulfill the services for her practice. This is a true private practice success story of someone whose practice went from a side hustle to a booming private practice. Now Claudia started off in the Start Your Private Practice program, and then she became a mentor for our students where she is truly beloved. Claudia is also an alum of our Grow Your Private Practice program. It has been amazing to watch her progress and I know you'll enjoy hearing her story and getting to know her in our paid programs. If you've been thinking about supplementing your income with private clients and then exponentially growing your income through private practice, this is a must-listen episode, so stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system, and I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place. So let's get started. All right. So before we dive in, can you please share your name or your location and the name of your private practice? Sure. My name is Claudia Davison.
1: I am located in Berrien County, Michigan, which is in the southwest corner of Michigan, right by the lake. Uh, It's a great vacation spot (laughs) during the summer, uh, very cold in the winter. My practice is called All Things Speech Therapy, and I do have an office, which opened up last June.
0: Listeners, this is a really exciting episode because Claudia and I first got to know each other when you joined the Start Your Private Practice program years ago at this point. And you joined the program and then you had so much success in your being so kind to your fellow students that I brought you on board to be a mentor for the program. And now, so anyone who's in the Start program knows Claudia you're so helpful in helping our students now. But what I wanted to do is, you know, you've already been on the show once. This is kind of a where are they now episode. But for anyone who didn't hear your original episode, can we do a quick recap where you tell people a little bit about like how you got started in private practice? Sure. So I have
1: worked in a ton of settings. I have been a speech pathologist since 1989. So I have been in this field forever. And let's just say I never, ever thought I would be in private practice. In fact, while I had worked in a lot of different settings, private practice was the one I had thought, I'll never do that. But in the last, what, 10 or so years, I had worked in early intervention through the school system. And while I loved it, I loved the things that I got to do with my uh, students, with the families that I worked with. I got to the point that I was not loving the way that the school setting was Requiring the paperwork was requiring uh, the type of work that we were doing. So it became a drudgery. And somehow uh, you kind of came through my social medias. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Look at that. Huh. Is it possible to really do uh, private practice on the side? Hmm. And in considering that, I thought, well, shoot, maybe I can do private practice a little bit in the evenings, a little bit on the weekends. And I thought maybe I would supplement my retirement income because since I am older, I thought maybe I could just do a little bit of that. And lo and behold, seems like I could. I had the program in February of 2019 and I got active. I really opened it up and started moving with it kind of around April and got my business opened up in May. I registered, got my LLC. I think it was in May. And by June, I had my first client. So it took about four weeks. And I have to say, I got my money back from the program within about four weeks. I think it was about four weeks that I thought, oh shoot, I got my money back. That's interesting. And that was a great return on my investment. And I kept on getting referrals and that was summer of 2019. And so I kept on going, still on the side. The whole school year went, I kept on doing that. And 2020 rolled around. Well, we all know what happened then. And I still did it virtually with a lots of my, on the clients that I had, but I kept on getting new clients. And when we went back in person, I really thought I want to do this full time. So I started thinking back to how can I make this happen? I was making enough money that I thought, could I really, really do this on my own? So I kind of did the math and I was able to retire early from my school job and went ahead and pulled my uh, retirement trigger and got my retirement bell from my school job and was able to open up my private practice full-time in October of 2021. So as of now, I've been at this almost a year and a half.
0: I love that. Listeners, Claudia is such a wonderful example of someone who kind of accidentally fell into private practice, right? Wasn't something that she had ever plan to do. And all of a sudden she like saw an opportunity and she tried it. Right. And then Claudia got yep. bitten by the bug. Right, Claudia? You got bitten By the bug. Yep. That was absolutely it. The realization that
1: it was really actually doable. I was all private pay up until the time that I went full time and I was actually able to oh. make money. And wow, I was truly shocked at
0: how financially rewarding it was. So yeah, I was bit by the bug. And, you know, I just remember when you first started and definitely the first time you were on the podcast that you were all about supplementing your retirement, right? You were like, Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I have enough money to supplement retirement. And then, you know, because I know you now that you're a mentor, we know each other, you know, a lot better, But, you know, you are then starting to think about, like, guys, I might retire early. Like, I have an opportunity to retire early. Like, my practice is underway. It is growing. I see enormous potential. I might retire early, right? So that's, like, a huge step. And then I remember when you did that and how excited you were and how excited we were for you. And, like, my goodness, your practice has grown so much since then. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about, like, that transition from retiring early, you know, at your regular job to going full-time in your practice?
1: For sure. So during that time that I went from my day job, so to speak, to my own full-time private practice, I was still going into my patient's homes. That was October of 21. And I certainly kept it busy because I was driving around my county. I was fortunate enough, though, that I also had a school contract for whom I was able to hire contractors. And I was not staffing it myself, but I had two FTEs, so two full-time employees, but four individuals were staffing that contract. So... I was working myself, seeing my patients, but four people were staffing that school contract. So it was almost like two different tracks of that private practice, bringing in income for myself and what a tremendous way to really begin that private practice
0: journey. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's one of the things that like a lot of people are talking about school contracts, these days, right now is like a time in history where they're getting more popular. More people are learning about, you know, how to do it. But I think one of the cool things is is that you were able to maintain like what you were doing with your, you know, private clients, but subcontracting the contracts, right? And that was happening in in Michigan, right? Because don't you also maybe have um, some different things going on in other states?
1: Correct. So that particular contract was in the state of Indiana. But since that time, I have been able to develop contracts also here in Michigan and also the state of Washington. So um, we've got multiple contracts uh, happening simultaneously and have staffed it with approximately, mm, I would say, about 12 people um, that are working the contracts. It takes a lot of work. It doesn't happen passively, but uh, it takes a lot of effort to number one, get the contracts and make sure that you are keeping those contracts and the administrators of those contracts happy, making sure you're meeting those needs. On the other side, you're making the speech, you're keeping the speech pathologists feeling like they are satisfied in their work and that the work is actually also getting done. So it does require a lot of, you're keeping a lot of balance in the meantime, but still, I'm quite satisfied that everything is uh, being done at the same time.
0: Totally. Well, and the the cool thing is, is that, you know, I talk about this a lot about private practice being like a choose your own adventure, the book, right? There's kind of one way to start your private practice, right? Well, there's lots of ways to have a private practice, but like the way that we teach it in the start program is very linear, right? Like you do this and then you do that, and then you do that, right? Growing a practice, you know, has multiple different ways that you can do it, right? And and one of them certainly is school contracts, right? So, you know, Claudia is a great example of someone who started with like local private clients or you know, seeing people also via teletherapy and like contracts was a way that you grew your practice. And like, my goodness, has it helped you really grow exponentially because you're not only to increase, obviously, your income through that, but also your impact. I mean, you're in multiple states, Claudia. That's incredible.
1: Exactly. And here's the thing. I only started with one initially so that I felt that I understood it and I felt that I knew how to make that work. And then only gradually did I feel comfortable enough to expand to others. So for me, I would I would have felt it a mistake to expand too quickly until I knew that, okay, I understand how this works. Now let me gradually expand so that I know what capacity I can maintain. And then my next step would be then what can I give away to somebody else, like a virtual assistant that can assist me in managing some of the um, the day-to-day work, some of the uh, management of the invoicing, some of the management of the day-to-day paperwork that then can free me up. So it's always that balancing act and little by little, we can get that done.
0: Totally. And I love that you talked about having a virtual assistant to help you manage some of that day-to-day, right? That's that's where sometimes people get really bogged down because these things have to happen, right? Like you have to invoice in order to get paid, yeah. right? But yeah. you don't necessarily have to be the person who does that, right? Especially if your time might be better spent doing other things, like maybe maybe treating or maybe writing contracts or meeting with interviewing contractors or like those kind of things, right? And so I think that that's really important as people start to think about growing is, you know, how are you going to expand your income, right? In your case, school contracts has been a big part of that, but also who is going to help you expand, you know, your practice. And in your case, right, we've got, you know, independent contractors as well as, you know, a virtual assistant, right? So anyone else who's kind of part of your expansion effort?
1: Yeah, no, I do have uh, currently a W-2 employee who is seeing clients in my clinic and she's fantastic. Very talented, very skilled, and uh, she's a great mentor to students and a great clinician. And hopefully I'll be able to expand further, but we're taking it step by step. I love that.
0: But I think that that's really important is that idea of step-by-step, right? Because that's one of the things that we see a lot of, you know, especially when people are joining our grow program is that sometimes people are feeling completely overwhelmed, right? Like they've gotten traction and they've taken off. And sometimes that can feel really overwhelming if you don't like have a, a plan in place about how you're going to grow. And it just can feel again, really, really overwhelming. So I love that you're talking about really being methodical about doing these things and expanding over time versus kind of expanding all at once because you have, you know, people calling you and you feel bad. So then you see them and then it can kind of snowball.
1: Right. Right. There's always that balance. You know, do I want to do that? Do I want to wait? And there's that middle ground. Let me just wait and see. And I do have goals to expand, but I want to make sure that I have the items in place to make sure that i can accept it and do it well and maintain the reputation that we have of doing excellent work
0: totally so one of the things that i wanted to ask you about in terms of so not about your school contracts but more about your local clinic is what types of diagnoses do you see and can you talk a little bit about that
1: yes primarily but not entirely we are primarily a pediatric clinic And so we see all the typical toddler and preschool and early school age pediatric diagnoses that you might typically see. However, my W-2 employee has a great deal of experience with adult and neurological types of disorders, and she has a great interest in expanding back into those diagnoses. And so... She has a wide range of experience and so gradually we are you know marketing back up to that population. And because we have that name, all things speech therapy. <laughs> so we'll be able to really meet that name and expand to that. And our community really has such lots of wait lists. And uh, my goal is to kind of change the habits of the physicians and the physician referral processes since they typically only refer to the hospital system where those wait lists and retention problems typically exist. So folks just sit on those wait lists. So we're expanding our marketing into the community and letting those physician practices know we can also see you here. We're kind of tight into what we can do in terms of our schedule, but as we continue to expand, then we'll see how much flexibility
0: we have. Well, I love that too. And I love how you talked about changing the habits right? Because that really is kind of a habit. If if it's always been that way, like, oh, we always just prefer to, you know, this place or whatever, right? But nobody wants people sitting on wait lists, right? Like, especially if you're a a medical provider, at least a medical provider with a, with a heart, right? Like if you know that a, a child or an adult is going without services or, you know, sitting on a wait list, like to me, that's horrible, right? So if you know that there's a clinic, you know, down the street or even, a half hour away or whatever that has openings like that's where you should be referring people to. So a big part of what our, you know, our private practitioners and our programs learn how to do is to market to physicians and to let people know that, Hey, I'm available. Like I don't have a wait list. Like I can see, you know, these kids. And that's one thing, Claudia, that I think that you're really good at is marketing and like putting yourself out there in a non-pushy way. Can you give our listeners an example of of one way, any way that you've marketed your services that felt really good to you and felt like, hey, I know I was being helpful in that moment and not, you know, like pushy as some people get worried about doing?
1: Of course, meeting with the referral provider within office is always helpful. And I'm just going to say, I want to get to another idea, of course, but A lot of times within the hospital systems, they have those electronic referral networks, which is why it's so easy. That's the habit we have to change because when they make referrals, they just have to click on a button and then that's how the referral is made. And then it goes and sits in that electronic wait list forever. And that's why they don't realize that they are in this hospital system wait list forever. And so that's the electronic habit that we're trying to change. So that's one habit that we're working to change, but developing relationships with those office workers and providing lunch and learns. A lunch and learn is truly a very helpful system to develop relationships with the office staff, because while the physician's enjoy it. The physicians benefit from it. The office staff and the referral coordinator says, ah, thank you for that. I love the food. And then they get to know you and they develop a relationship with you. And then they go, that's right. You're the person that dropped off the five bags of treats and that script pad. That's right. I'm going to start sending that to you. And so it might take more than one or two buys. It takes multiple times for you to drop by, but by offering those lunch and learns and meeting with a referral coordinator and offering lunch, it does take a bit of an investment, but it does make a difference.
0: Well, one of the things that you tell students in the START program all the time is about planting seeds. Right. And that marketing is really about planting seeds. And sometimes, just like real life plants, although I have to also confess, listeners, I do yeah. not have a green thumb. I yeah. kill plants. I don't grow them. But I understand that sometimes um like plants grow right away and sometimes they don't. Right. Sometimes they take, you know, longer to grow or whatever. Well, it's the same thing with marketing, right? Sometimes you do a lunch and learn and you get, you know, three referrals the next week. Other times you may do it like a couple of times and not gain that traction. And then you're able to gain the traction. But marketing is not a one and done thing, right? It's something that you have to nurture. You have to um, stay top of mind with people. And in both the start program and in the grow program, we teach people like ways to do this that are relationship building, because I think that that's really where you're going to get the best referrals from are from people that you've developed relationships with. And it's a
1: continuous process but I I encourage everybody. It's something that we always do and we have to continually go back
0: and nurture that relationship. Yep, totally. You have your your practice where you and your employee are seeing people. Mm-hmm. You have your the school contract wing of your practice of your business, right? Are there any other areas that you're looking to get into over the next, you know, six months to a year to help you, you know, grow either your income or your impact?
1: I'm always looking. I'm always looking for opportunities, whether it is finding additional proposals, whether it is, you know, developing partnerships with the local community mental health division to... uh, perform evaluations along with them. So I'm always meeting with people. And one thing that I learned from you, and one thing that I always tell our students is to never pass up an opportunity to let people know that you have a private practice. Because when you do that, somebody in that room will go, oh, interesting, I know somebody who... And that somebody who very likely will have a need, or knows somebody else who knows somebody else, that might be a great connection for you. I'm looking for different options, and at this point, I've got a, a an RFP, a request for proposal that I've been working on, and I'm not sure if pan out, if it will come through. Uh, but stay tuned; I will let you know if it does. If it doesn't, my feelings will not be hurt because it's
0: just some it's just myself putting myself out there. Who knows? But you won't make those gains unless you put yourself out there, right? That's one of the things that we were talking a little bit about before we started recording was kind of like, you know, what are some characteristics that you know really set people apart in terms of like, do they succeed in private practice or do they continue to struggle, right? And one of the things that we talked about is sometimes our students in our program say, well, I, tr- I tried this, it didn't work, right? Or, you know, we give them a suggestion and say like, oh, I already tried that, right? And so, you know, when people say that they feel defeated, right? So talk about that a little bit.
1: Well, you know, <clears throat> feeling defeated gets a sense that, well, I'm, I'm defeated and that means I've lost. In private practice, we've not lost. If something doesn't work, that means it didn't work in that moment. So we have an opportunity to either try it again or make a subtle adjustment and then give it another go or do something different. Give it a different effort. I've just been so amazed at all of the different ways that one can succeed with private practice. Some things just simply don't work, and that's okay. But the things that do work really make all the F's work. <laughs> really make all the F's for finances, for the flexibility, yeah, the flexibility. Yep, fulfillment. All of them. All Family, of the friends, yeah. Succeed for for my for myself. So I don't know. I mean. I guess I would say that when something doesn't work, we would never say this to our patients. We would never say, that didn't work. Well, then.
0: Yep. You're just never going to say the truth down. You're never going to be say ours. No, that didn't work. I guess so it's, it's over. So. Let's just exit you now.
1: We don't do this. We, but what we do do is we go, okay, so What's going to be the other approach? I would encourage everybody, if you want this as your goal, what approach are you going to take? Because for me, this has been something that I never expected, but something that has definitely worked. And it's not
0: been something that hasn't been without effort. If you think back to the Claudia in 2019, who was trying to supplement her Mm -hmm. income or wondering if she could supplement her income, right? Mm -hmm. And now you've exponentially grown your income. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably surprised and delighted you, right? As someone who just wanted like a little extra cash to supplement your retirement, and now you're making significantly more, right? And that has to feel good. And I know that you see that potential in other people, right? But sometimes they have that self-doubt. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And it's actually possible. And I guess I want to encourage everybody, all of the START students or anybody who's interested in um, having a private practice. Who is the therapeutic bookkeeping person? Alicia Bishop. So this would have been back in 2019. And I was also looking at that point. Well, I'm not sure what am I supposed to do for bookkeeping? Again, way back then when you're searching and you're trying to figure out what you're supposed to do. Do I do just Excel? I'm not sure if I want to spend $20 on QuickBooks. So I looked up that website, which was in the link. And then when I searched out her website, she said that she only takes clients who are making $75,000 in their practice. And I went, oh, I'll never be able to use her because I'll never make that amount. Well, friends, let me just say, I am making quite a bit more than $75,000 in my practice. And one more comment, and I won't talk about dollar amounts, but when you, and this would have been back in 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was back in 2020, because I always think of years. When you put in the group, would having a six-figure practice make a difference? And I thought to myself, what? Could, any, could a speech pathologist really have a six-figure practice? That was shocking to me. So what I want to say right back to anybody who's listening is, well, actually, that is possible. And my friends would any of you like to have a six-figure private practice jenna could help you do that
0: it would be a pleasure and an honor to help you do that i've helped claudia do that Mm -hmm. i've helped many of the students in our programs do that and i think you know thank you for saying that claudia because i think that a lot of people just don't see what's possible for peace in private practice right like i'm gonna go to the next level to shock people which is that you know lots of people have multi six figure private practices and even million dollar private practices. Like that's also a thing, right? And I know some of your jaws just dropped and thinking of that and thinking, you know, but how could I do that? Well, you can't do that unless you try to do that, right? Like you have to actually do the work, you know, to get there. That's Honestly, what we help people do in our programs is to get to the six-figure, multi-six-figure, and even million-dollar level because we can do that. We are doing that. You may not know it, but there are folks who have been on this podcast who that's the level that they're at. And that's the level that you can be at if you want to get there. And if you want our help to get there, we can help you get there even faster. But you know, Claudia, if I just think back to, you know, all you wanted to do was supplement your retirement money, right? And, (laughs) and to now see what you're doing and to see the potential for what you can still be doing. I am just so proud of you. And I just want to say also, like all of our students in our start program are so grateful to you. You know, you, you're so kind answering all of the very beginner level questions as well as, you know, you know, other people have other questions, but you just started off as a helpful student. And I thought, you know, this, this woman's incredible. Like I want to bring her officially onto our mentor team. So thank you also for being a part of, of the start program. And then you've also been in the grow program and everything else too, but you're just incredible. And I just can't wait. Like, can we do this again? Like another where she now episode? Cause I just see even a bigger future for you even than you've even gotten so far?
1: Well, sure, of course. Well, thank you. And you know what? My goal is, I don't know, I I have a goal to get those starters unstuck. Like I remember being stuck. I truly remember that and thinking, oh, how do you do that? Oh, I could never get there and remembering that feeling. And so I also want to get folks unstuck so that they can reach that growing moment and that really is satisfying for me. So I want to get lots of people into the girl group and I
0: will be happy to join again, Jenna, whenever you want. <laughs> I love it. Well, everyone, everyone here knows that I love a success story, right? Like that's obviously the name of the podcast, right? And there are just certain people who have just different types of success, right? And I feel like, Claudia, you are such a great example of someone who never thought she would be in private practice. But then you're like, let me just give this a try. And your your practice has grown exponentially. And I think that you're just getting started right? Like, again, I see a big, bright future for you ahead. So please keep us posted. Can you also let our listeners know where can they go find you online to learn more about you and maybe, you know, connect with you in the DMs? Sure. On Facebook and Instagram at all things speech therapy. Awesome. Well, everyone go look Claudia up online and come join us in the start program. Claudia, get to know you in there and in grow would be awesome too. But Thank you for your time, Claudia. Thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for being such a wonderful resource for our students. My pleasure. Thank you. Don't you just love Claudia? I love her energy and how she was willing to try something new. And my goodness, did it work out for her? Claudia is an amazing private practitioner, but she's also an amazing mentor for the students in the Start Your Private Practice program. Pretty cool that she got her start in the Start program and now helps others get started as well. If you would like to learn more information about our programs and how we support SLPs and OTs who want our help to start and grow their private practices, please visit independentclinician.com. As always, thank you for listening, and please tune in next week for another episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. Till then!